Welcome back to the Florida Travel Fanatics Podcast. I'm Clark. I'm Heather. And this is episode 39, How to Enjoy Florida's Manatees. But first, in this episode's Florida travel news, several airlines are offering new direct flights to Florida in 2024. And yay, welcome to 2024, everybody. This is our first episode of the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Low-cost airline Allegiant Air is expanding uh, across the country with 12 new routes, including flying to Orlando's main airport for the first time. The airline, which will launch the new routes in the spring, will start flying to Orlando International Airport from Asheville, North Carolina, Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Knoxville, Tennessee in this in May of 2024. In addition to Orlando International Airport, the carrier will also add new routes to Florida airports it currently serves, including a flight from Rapid City, South Dakota, to Orlando Sanford International Airport, which is the other Orlando airport, a flight from Bismarck, North Dakota, to St. Pete Clearwater International Airport, and a flight from Washington, Dulles, and BWI to Punta Gorda Airport, just north of Fort Myers. New flights to Tampa include on Breeze Airways, flights from Burlington, Vermont, Gulfport, Mississippi, Plattsburgh, New York, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Frontier from Hartford, Connecticut, Spirit from San Antonio, Texas, Southwest from Cleveland, Cincinnati, Grand Rapids, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Omaha, Nebraska, Salt Lake City, Utah, San Diego, California, which is a flight we've flown a few times. Some of those are seasonal. You'll want to pay attention to when some of those are winter only uh, for the winter season. And WestJet is also flying to Tampa from St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada and Calgary. The Miami airport is also getting some new international routes, including direct flights to Barcelona, Spain on Level Airways, which is a a Spanish discount carrier, as well as two new flights to or from Monterey and Merida, Mexico on the Mexican discount airline Viva Aerobus. And Alaska Air has just added a new flight from Portland, Oregon to Miami. It had added Seattle to Miami last year. And Clark has flown on Alaska Air and he says it's really nice. They regularly get awards from the airline industry and travel publications, including 12 consecutive awards from J.D. Power for the number one ranking for customer satisfaction. Well, this is really good news. Wait times for American passports have finally returned to normal. Condé Nast Traveler magazine just published an article that reports that the wait times to get a new passport have returned to the pre-pandemic levels, where it only takes six to eight weeks for routine service and as fast as two to three weeks for expedited processing. The problem in the last two years has been how many people have let their passports lapse during the pandemic. The U.S. uh, Department of State hired more more people to help speed the process up, and it appears they've been successful. Between October of 22 and September of 23, they issued a whopping 24 million passports and cards. They're also working on letting people do routine renewals online instead of mailing them in, which is the current process, and that's scheduled to be online sometime in 2024. We actually need to renew our passports in 2024. So if we can, we're going to use the new online service and let you know how it goes. One thing to remember, currently when you mail your renewal in, you have to send your existing passport with it, even if it has time left on it. And that means you'll be without it for several weeks. When the new online system starts, you won't need to send it in. Beware of hackers using false hotel booking emails to steal your personal and financial information. Um, on my day job, I work in the cybersecurity industry, and this is a tip I came across recently. So I thought for travelers, it'd be interesting to share. 
There's a specific type of hack attack called Mr. Anon Info Stealer. Basically, what happens is they send you a fake hotel reservation that you didn't make with an attached PDF file for your so-called reservation. The mistake that you don't want to make is clicking on the PDF file, which is attached to it, which prompts you with inst- with, to install software that looks like it's going to let you read it, but it actually starts downloading the Info Stealer hacking software which will quickly, unfortunately, go through your computer and steal a bunch of private and financial information. Beware. It's definitely something to avoid. And generally, for cybersecurity, if, if you get a text for something you didn't do or a booking for something you didn't book, don't open it. Don't don't click on anything. Don't click on any links because people are using this to steal information. You always tell me, go back out of your email, go directly to the site of the companies that you deal with, the banks you deal with, and check on their sites. Don't don't go through basically a third party, which is your email, to check on anything that has to do with, well, anything. Yeah. For, good, good point, Heather. For example, like let's say you got one of these fake bookings and let's just say hypothetically it was through Expedia or through maybe a Marriott or, or whatever. You're like, I didn't do this. Well, go into your Marriott account and look and see there's something in there that maybe is old or something, but don't click on those emails because those two, if it looks weird, it's it probably, probably is, is weird. weird. And, then, and then when somebody steals all that information, unraveling that is a nightmare. So take a few extra minutes if you even want to bother. I'm getting bank account hack stuff or phishing things lately. I just ignore it. I just it's like this, their bank would never send that delete, delete, delete. And if I want any, any real information, I go to the bank account's website directly. So general rules, don't click on anything pretty much. Just go to the source and look for it if possible. Especially if you're not planning on going to... Barcelona. Or, yeah. you well, know, what's this Barcelona booking? I didn't book to Barcelona. <laughs> Let me click on it and read it. Now, those days are over. You don't want to do that. That's a bad habit. And in this episode's Florida travel tips, if you're flying out of a Florida airport during any busy holiday season, book your parking in advance with either the airport or the, or an offsite parking provider such as Park and Fly. A family member of ours just flew out of Tampa and was very happy she had pre-booked her parking in advance. You save some money and you have guaranteed parking no matter how full the garages are. Orlando and Miami airports have third-party off-sites that are cheaper than on-airport parking, and you can book those in advance as well. In Pensacola, the National Naval Aviation Museum has been reopened to the public. It was previously military only. We just visited over Christmas break, and it's really amazing to see the aircraft and displays there, and it's free. There are some really good documentary movies that they show that are about $10 each, and you can book those in advance on their website. I couldn't get over, I mean, it's a hangar. There are two hangars, dozens of Navy and Marine Corps aircraft going back to World War I, you can touch them. You can, I got in yeah. a, I got in a jet. It was really fun. And I have a picture. I should post it. Put that on your Instagram. Put it, put on, it on, on our Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. And it was really exciting. You, you can get really, really close and, and see how amazing these planes are. Yeah. And it goes all the way back to World War One. Yeah. Two hangars just full of aircraft, helicopters. I mean, there's multiple Blue Angels, the old Blue Angels jets, F-4s. I mean, it goes on and on. A-6 Corsairs. And just to be that close to them, old biplanes and some are in the ceiling, some are on the floor, but you can walk right up and, and touch them. Yeah. And there's it's a just, mezzanine around the top. So you get a totally different perspective, you know, from being on the ground for the ones that are hanging. You go up to that second mezzanine and you get to look 
at what it looks like really just. Yeah. And it's free to go. There's one gate to go in the West side gate. If you go to the website, which, which of course we'll put in the show notes, episode notes, you go in a particular gate, make sure everyone has ID. They will check for everybody in the vehicle. That's an adult. So make sure you bring driver's license. Um, if you have conceal, if you're carrying a firearm um, in your vehicle, a weapon of any kind, don't bring it because this is federal property, not a place that you can bring a, a firearm to. There they, is they will a, ask you. But there is an offsite place that you can go, but that's just a total inconvenience yeah, if you, to have to do. If you're coming from out of town and you don't have a way maybe to make it a day trip, there is uh, on their website, they list a local uh, gun range where you can actually for a fee, uh, leave your firearm in a secure spot for, for the time that you're there, which is great. We were there for about an hour and a half. Um, we got a little bit of a late start, but it closes at four o'clock. So keep that in mind when you are going, if you really, I think we probably would have preferred to have maybe have even an hour longer. Yeah. And if you did a movie or two, they've got some neat carrier stuff in there. You probably figure three hours, maybe four depending on how long you like to read it. But it's it's a neat place. We'll go back again and see it again. It's really a, a neat place. There's some aircraft outside. Most of, uh, probably 95% of the aircraft is indoors. Uh, some other places we've been, there's more outdoor aircraft. So you can, in a hot day, it's a great way to go inside and, and again, or a hot rainy day in the summer if you're on the, up in the panhandle. It's a great, great day. And I think good, that good as far as children, um, around three or four, they would be the most interested in it. I think any younger than that, you might just feel like you're corralling them, but it's very accessible for strong and things like that too. Yeah. And there's visual things like a flight deck here of a carrier. It's very interesting for kids and the colors of the aircraft, the, the yellows and the blues and the greens and grays and all that's really um, pretty compelling. And some of these planes are bigger than you think, like the P-51s and some of the old World War II uh, aircraft are larger than you think, it's a, but it's really a neat, neat place to visit. Definitely recommended. We'll be doing a YouTube video on it. We're going to, there's two other uh, Florida war called Warbird Museums that we've been to. We've got video and pictures of all three. So we'll be putting that into a YouTube video in the near future. So look for that. Brightline, which is Florida's private high-speed train service, regularly offers incentives and specials. We've talked about Brightline numerous times between Miami and the Orlando airports. Definitely the easiest way to get around. Their latest offer is a free kids ticket for kids 2 to 12 for any kid traveling with a parent who has an ad- a regular adult smart ticket. This is for select trains between South Florida and Orlando, probably off, off prime time. Uh, especially useful for those of you flying in or out of the Orlando airport, where you can easily jump on the train at the station there with your kids and head down to South Florida for the day. Go to the Aventura Mall station and go see the Friends exhibit at, at the Aventura Mall. Or if you're in South Florida and want to make a trip to Disney or Universal for the day without having to drive or worry about parking, there, there are multiple shuttle services from the Orlando airport that will take you to Disney or Universal and make the train trip part of the fun of the day. Nobody really likes driving on the highways, certainly in South Florida to Orlando. So being on the train is a lot of fun. If your kid can go for free, that makes it that all, all better. Moving on to our main topic in this episode, let's talk about how to enjoy Florida's manatees. First question is, what is a manatee? The Florida manatee is a subspecies of the West Indian manatee belonging to the order of Sirenia. Other Sirenians include Amazonian manatees, African manatees, and the extinct stellar sea cow. Because of their herbivorous, herbivorous, thank you. That's an SAT word, isn't it? Herbivorous. They eat plants. Nature. All the manatees are found in relatively shallow waters where sunlight can penetrate and stimulate the plant growth. A manatee eats one-tenth of its body weight in grass every day, and given their size, that's a lot of grass. 
So this is all the kind of little interesting notes that I want to share with you. Manatees have two nostrils like we do, only the manatee nostrils have muscular flaps that they keep closed whenever they aren't taking a breath. So manatees frequent the surface for a breath about every three to five minutes. And even though they live in water like fish, manatee need to breathe air to survive. So they come to the surface surface frequently. And when they do come up to take a breath, it's a really big one. Manatees replace 90% of the air in their lungs in one breath. By comparison, their fellow mammals, the humans, only replace 10% of the air in one breath. So manatees can hold their breath underwater for up to 20 minutes while resting. So did you know that a large herd of manatees is called an aggregation? And that's kind of a Jeopardy question. Manatees are solitary animals, and sometimes they're seen in pairs like a mother and a calf or in smaller groups less than six, when an aggregation is usually due to a common habitat requirement, like warm water, food sources, kind of gathering in a spring. So I kind of think of it as like... It's an awkward cocktail party for the manatees. It's an awkward cocktail party for Ex- an introverted, introverted manatees. <laughs> introverted. They're forced to be in a spring. They're like, oh man, there's so many manatees here. Oh, we'll we should, try to have we fun. We should leave. No, it's too cold out. We can't we'll leave. We'll try to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make the most of it. We'll be back in the ocean in three months. So why do people want to see the manatees? Uh, they are just amazing creatures. They're often referred to as sea cows because they move around slowly and they eat grass just like real cows. They're docile, cute, and they actually sleep a lot. And they also like to swim to play. They're known to body surf or barrel roll, a fun maneuver where a sea cow spins around and round in a 360 degree motion. We've actually seen this ourselves when kayaking near them, especially the juveniles. It's a little bit scary too when they bump underneath your kayak, though it's just part of their play. They like to... They like they're the interaction. Like, yeah, they they're, like just the interaction. Having, they're just having a good time. No animal is as huge and as harmless as the manatees. Their slow and docile nature makes them approachable, while their curious and welcoming nature makes them lovable. So if you're in the water with them, they will actually come up to you. The, you're not supposed to touch them, but they will They will to touch you, you yeah. which is kind of interesting. You can, If you stay really still, they will come and investigate what's going on. They love the, the bottoms of the kayaks they love it if people are snorkeling yeah and they they're they're curious and they just they like people especially the juveniles they're more apparently more prone to come up and, and check you out and there are a few animals that you can in the in the wild anywhere where you can actually in, interact with them because these are wild animals and you're in their wild envi- environment when you're in their habitat the manatees tend to stick around and uh, to enjoy your company and when they feel comfortable they will come up to you especially if you're just calm and relaxed and let them swim up to you and when you go to one of the places and do a, a snorkel or scuba with the manatees they give you they tell you like okay don't do this don't do that for the sake of the animals and the safety uh, yeah and they're just big animals and they're where, where can you go and see a, a thousand pound mammal up close without worrying about it biting you or being harmful or hurting you in some way they're just they're neat creatures If you want to see some great pictures of Florida manatees and just get a general idea of what we're talking about, Carol Grant is an underwater photographer and has spent many years and years photographing manatees underwater. She has spent hundreds of hours quietly observing manatee behavior, and she has this intuition that helps her capture unusual and intimate moments of manatee life, such as a mother and a calf swimming together. She has a thorough knowledge of the springs, and that is 
in her photos results in the best light and the clearest water in her photographs. She has over 2,000 scuba dives that she has done, and her photos are amazing. So if you want to check her out, she's at oceangrant.com. And she lives in clear water. Yeah, she had an early experience with the manatees and really was really just captivated by them. And it's been diving with them and photographing them ever since. Her pictures are spectacular. They're really beautiful pictures and really capture what a manatee is and what they're like, I think, as much as you can in a photograph. If you've ever been to Niagara Falls or the Grand Canyon or seen anything spectacular in nature, you tend to not feel like you can look away. You just want to keep looking. And I think that's how the manatee are. You just, you look at them and they're, they're so docile. They're very, doing very little, but somehow they're, these, they're fascinating. They're massive wild creatures that are docile and eat grass and are curious and everyone just loves them. They're like the big teddy, big, huge teddy bears in the water in some sense. They're just, they're, they're neat creatures. If you want to know how you can see the manatee, there are four ways that are the best. The first is an observation center. The second is a boardwalk or viewing deck, typically at a state park. Number three is a kayak or stand-up paddleboard. Or four, which is the best, is in the water snorkeling or scuba diving. It's cold, though. You have to you, have, you think about the fact that the manatee are coming from colder water, but they need it to be at least 72. And 72 for, for Human us is cold. humans is really cold. We, got, we did this once and got out of our kayaks and got in the water. I would have After liked a to couple, have had a... We didn't have wetsuits because we were kayaking in warm, what was warm weather. And we're like and within a couple minutes, we're back in our kayaks because we were freezing. We're like, well, so much for that. VisitFlorida.com has a list of places to see the manatees. Three Sisters Springs in Crystal River is the manatee capital of the world. They call themselves that, and it is true. If you haven't been to Three Sisters Springs, you're totally missing out. It's a year-round favorite, and in the winter, the manatee come in huge numbers. So kayak, stand-up paddleboard, or a boat tour to the springs. You can get a charter to snorkel or scuba dive, or you can see them yourself in the water. Sometimes you can see more than 100 manatees in the area at, what at one time. With a concentration of Florida manatees like this, you can imagine there's also a large concentration of people, especially on the weekends. So remember, be respectful and observe from a distance. Just down the road in Homosassa Spring, it's a little less crowded with a number of tours, including Blue Heaven River tours, and that gets you up close and personal to these amazing creatures. Blue Spring State Park is located between Daytona and Orlando, and it's unique because visitors can view manatee in a crystal clear spring water from a boardwalk, which stretches, stretches a third of a mile from the St. John's River to the Head Spring. The boardwalk provides a wonderful opportunity for safely observing the manatee. Visitors can see manatees socializing and mothers nursing their small calves without influencing the manatee's natural behavior or bothering them. Tampa Electric Company's Manatee Viewing Center is located in Apollo Beach, which is on the southeast side of Tampa Bay. It's a designated manatee sanctuary to which a large number of manatees in Florida return annually to the warm discharge waters of the Big Bend Power Station, which is a major power plant here in Tampa. They've got viewing platforms, tidal walkways, a hiking trail with an observation tower, and an environmental education center. It's all located on this 50-acre facility. One of the coolest things there is the Stingray Touch Tank. Right. which is really neat. That spot is a destination unto itself. You'll see manatees that are with a little bit of distance, but the whole viewing center is really a neat place. And, but, it's, and it's completely free. And not free only did and we... Free to go in. Right. And not only did we see manatee, we also saw... Spotted eagle rays, wasn't yes, it? Yes, the eagle yes. rays. And they were beautiful just sort of swimming around the pier. They were closer to the pier than the uh, the manatees where The manatees were over by the dish, on the discharge side. Uh, and it's free. And it was recently selected by USA Today as one of the top 10 best Reader's Choice Awards for best free attractions in the United States. And 
who doesn't like a free attraction? Lee County Manatee Park is in Fort Myers. Its observation center, the park there, is located across from the Florida Power and Light plant and directly on the warm water discharge canal. Manatee Park is another wintertime haven where, again, large concentrations of manatees can be seen. Several viewing areas, a butterfly garden, and picnic shelters are available there. On the East Coast, Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge is in Titusville near Kennedy Space Center. There, the Hallover Canal connects Mosquito Lagoon and the Indian River, and on the east side of the bridge is a manatee observation area. Viewing platforms, interpretive signs, a boat ramp, and I like this one, a polarized viewer are located at the observation area, which will allow you to peer into the water a little bit more easily with it being polarized. If you're near Palm Beach County, you can go to Manatee Lagoon. It's an educational attraction with a dedicated area for viewing manatees up close. The Waterfront Center features engaging hands-on exhibits for visitors to learn all about these threatened and unique gentle giants, as well as the natural wonders of the surrounding Lake Worth Lagoon. On cold winter days, the facility observation deck is the ideal place to view manatee herds by basking manatee herds basking in the warm water outflows from Florida Power and Light Company. The boat basin fronting the Deering Estate on Biscayne Bay is a great place in Miami to see manatees. The supply of fresh water combined with the calm nature of the bay allows the manatees to congregate and mate there. You may also see sharks, sea sharks, turtles, rays, and even dolphins. VisitFlorida.com has a list of manatee outfitters, and we'll, of course, put that list. Um, uh, that's, that's if you want to get in the water, if you want to snorkel or, or scuba dive or take a boat tour. We'll put that in the episode notes, as always. VisitFlorida.com also has a page on their website that has links to manatee live webcams. We'll, of course, put that in there. So if you want to see what one looks like, it, well, or wonder, sometimes early or late season, you're not sure if they're there or not, those webcams. They may, because depending on the what the temperature change in the ocean, they'll come in later or earlier in January, which is what it is right now. They're definitely there, and you can even see them on the webcams. But that's a nice way to go look at a web at an area to see if you are there there before you go uh, for the day. Lastly, manatee viewing season is generally from November to April, depending on water temperature in the ocean, as Clark just said. If you'd like to see them year round, you can make a trip to Bradenton and visit the Bishop Museum of Science and Nature, where they have the Parker Manatee Rehabilitation Habitat. One thing that's really sad about manatees is that they get up close to the surface at times and they are injured by Boat propellers. Right. Boat propellers. Yeah, they, and they you come can, up for air and they don't know the boat's there and the boat doesn't know they're there and they end up getting hit by the propeller on the right. top, on the if, back. And when you are in, when they're in the spring and you can see them up close, you can see a lot of scars on the big slashes in their body. So this rehabilitation habitat, it's modeled after a cypress spring and it's the newly renovated habitat holds 60,000 gallons of water and houses manatees that were rescued from the wild after they became sick or injured. This exhibition allows above and underwater viewing and offers guests information about the anatomy and life history of manatees, including the challenges they face in the wild. The habitat provides the animals with an environment that closely mimics what they will encounter in the wild. The facility was the permanent home to Manatee County's official mascot and the oldest manatee in the world, Snooty, who passed away in 2017 at a record-breaking 69 years old. Snooty. That's a, Snooty. That's a good name. Yeah, 69. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we hope you've given you some good ideas on how you can enjoy seeing manatees in Florida. Details will be in the episode description, as always. 
Check us out on our YouTube channel, Florida Travel Fanatics, and feel free to contact us via Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email at contact at floridatravelfanatics.com. You can also join our private Facebook group and join our newsletter mailing list as well, where we put out content that's exclusive only to the newsletter. Dun, dun, dun. And all the links will be in the notes as usual. Thanks for listening. Sunny days ahead. <laughs>